This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Comic Book Click at tpublic.com. Visit tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click to get exclusive one-of-a-kind merchandise including shirts, stickers, and phone cases all designed by us. Get your hands on the latest and greatest in comic book merchandise by going to tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you could only be here for one reason, that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, the official podcast of comicbookclick.com, and as always, I am never alone. Sir, please introduce yourself. I'm the immigrant song pumping through your veins, Gregory Thomas, aka GT Rebirth. GT Rebirth, it has been a minute. The Bifrost was destroyed. I didn't even know how you were able to call upon the fathers and, and gather enough strength. To make this trip, and I'm glad that you did. The darkest of magics. Yes, I'm glad that you did, because we are here to tackle um, one of the biggest Thor stories in modern history, War of the Realms. But not only that, we're here to gush upon the run that was the Jason Aaron run of Thor, um, a run that I got privy to because of you, Mr. Yes. GT Rebirth. So um, I guess right off the cuff, with everything you know going down like i'm there's there's seminal works there's there's quintessential works for almost mm-hmm. every hero that we um that we know batman superman you mm-hmm. know you can think of the stories court of owls red sun um injustice uh you or, know. or you could say even just seminal runs definitely definitely and which would be just scott snyder on batman or 100 or, or, or dan slot on spider-man for the hundred years that he held on to it exactly <laughs> and um as somebody who read the Scott Snyder Batman run, it was so easy for me to then fold myself into Dark Knight's Metal mm-hmm. when that happened. It was almost served to me. You understand? Yeah. Because it was served to those Batman fans who had read that entire run. Did you feel that same way when reading War of the Realms? Like you were primed for like, uh, it, like Banner says, I was made for this? <laughs> to some degree, yeah. It, it, it's sort of like being rewarded for your time and commitment, even though I had technically came on like, um, way past, like I guess you could say, the middle uh, chapters. Okay. Um, because I didn't start reading books until like after Jane Foster had already gotten the hammer. Okay. But like when I had gone back and read it, and then came through the entire tunnel, then it was just like it. Once I caught up to what was the moving titles, it was just like, yeah, I'm being. I feel like I'm absolutely being rewarded for my commitment now yeah. that I, now that we have gotten to this event that we have been building since that first book what was it about thor that made you pick up this run had you heard things were, were you always a fan of the character itself uh chris Hemsworth. Um, <laughs> okay yeah just i was I, I became a fan of thor in the movies and i was the, I, I was the guy that actually enjoyed the dark world i'm yeah. in that very small club right right um yeah I, i'll tell you this without spoiling anything 
to read this story and to see what they did with Malekith in that film is almost tragic. Yeah, it really is. Like, that was one of the things, pulling away from this story without spoiling it. We'll you get watch into, that we'll movie and details. you're just like, and there's, what could and have there's been? In, yeah, there's inclinings of it. Yes. There's definitely inclinings of it and the, and the iconography is the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the depth, there's almost none of it here. Yeah. And um, initially, when they were getting ready for this big uh, crossover mm-hmm. event... I had to go back and you instructed, you know, you had advised me to go back because this run was incredible at the time. There to judge for yourself. But in going back and looking at the Malekif character and what they were able to add to that character and the pure malice and menace and and uh, sociopathy yeah. that they added to that character and created basically, I mean, I love the name, the War Messiah. Yeah. Like that, I was like, what? Like, I, I remember you coming into the group chat just being like, where was this Malekith in the 100, film? A hundred percent. I was like, I had always thought Malekith was just uh, Christopher Eccleston with half his face burnt. And that Some was Some nerd it. elf. And he was a coward in that story. He was a guy who just let all his, you know, let his troops die and yeah. kind of ran away. Uh, and so I didn't get, I didn't get that um, the importance of that character. Right. But instantly in reading these Jason Aaron issues of Thor, Mighty Thor, uh, Thor the God of Thunder, um, there is importance placed on all the Asgardian history. Mm-hmm. There's importance placed on the mythology of Thor. There's uh, um, there's stuff placed on that. Like he went through links to get details on the hammer that we didn't even really know about. Right. You know, like he expanded that mythos. Um, what, can you remember... The first arc you read of his when you started reading this this Thor run, um, you said uh, female Thor. Well, yeah, uh, Jane was already Thor. When I had started, Jane Foster was already Thor, so it was probably um, <sighs> I don't remember the name of the title particularly. Um, it was the one just before because I remember, I remember. As it came out, when I started to ca- when I started to read it, as it came out, yeah, I was reading the arc that was the Asgard Shi'ar War. Okay. Um, I had just finished the book right before that. I don't know if it was Lords of Thunder or something of that ilk, but I've, it was around that point. Uh, and that was that was a fun time. It was just it was weird stepping into the middle of it because it's like. There's no time to really learn about it because you're right. stepping in the middle of a, a bigger world. story. Yeah, it's a living world yeah. you're, you're coming into. Everything it, it, is already it's moving. as if you just moved in. You're just like, the heck is going on? Here? And it won't wait yeah. for you. It's not going to wait for no, you. No, it's to not. Sit understand. It's just going to keep It's moving. like, figure it out, buddy. A hundred percent. Was the uh, enjoyment instant or was it something you had to stick on? Was it a book that you felt... You felt yourself pulling away from, or you couldn't pull away from. It? I never pulled away from it, but there was some learning curve involved with the uh, way people spoke. I am, <laughs> oh, okay. I am naturally inclined to um, understanding Thor in a completely different way than yeah. the slightly. Uh, uh, I won't say it old English, but the, the more Shakespearean. Okay, which is a weird combo to me. Like, I mean, if you really look at it, it's like there are a bunch of Viking gods, but we're doing the Shakespearean thing, and I'm. We Bless. talk about that all the time, right? Like how that, like that's shorthand for just um, refined, right? You and, know, it's and, just... I mean, bless Walt Simonson. I don't think those are the same thing, yeah, but it's where we are, hundred percent, right? <laughs> and it probably was since back in the Walt Simonson run or the Jack Kirby and Stan or uh, 
yeah, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee run that they actually started to create things for this character. Yes. Um, I didn't feel until I read this run that he had been served in any way, kind of. They, they I always just wanted to keep him afloat. This At one is... point, they even kill him. They Dragnarok just gets rid of him, and they don't even use him for a while. Yeah, like Thor dies. A, a, Thor, Thor dying is is kind of a thing, and and then it's like. Thor dying as it was written to his mythology, like it's just something right, that is Rock going to happen, yeah. and then, mm-hmm. yeah, and then it's gonna start again. And it, it was always something that's just like he is a he is a he is a member of the Avengers. And that's how he's mostly known. But his books on the other side, and you know what? For a time, they almost did the exact same thing with Wonder Woman, where it's just like Wonder Woman is a member of the Justice League, and you can read her in the Justice League books, and it's a lot more quote unquote relatable and easy to attach to. If you read the Wonder Woman books, we are dealing with gods, and we are dealing with a lot of like weird Greek mythology stuff. Yeah, so come with us, but we're going down a a rabbit hole. It's the same thing with Thor. You read the Thor books, we're going. It's the same Thor, and I don't mean to say we're going a completely different direction with the character, yeah. but we are diving a lot deeper into what his world is. Yes, what his personal instead problems of, are. And instead of Thor in man's world, as we call it, or, you know, in, in, in the Marvel Prime that you understand. Yeah, and, you know, that seemed to be a story that they couldn't stop telling was the fish out of water Thor, right? Yes. Like, comes to Earth, doesn't really know what's going on. Right. In Another. Re- bang. In, in reading these issues, I'm like, there's so much of a world to explore. Right. Like, why are we not in his world? There's so much to explore. Um, and the, I think that fundamentally, what they, sh- I mean, what they should do, like if I'm, I'm writing for Thor, but um, I think that. I mean, that if you want the CEO job. It's, it's just <laughs> moving, fo- moving forward, though, I think they need to express and explain the importance of the Nine Realms. I did not get any of that from right. from um, Dark World. Like right. I understood the convergence. I understood that nine realms existed. They just they 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 went out of their way just to convince you that it was just a science you don't know. Right. But the thing is, like, why are the Asgardians feel like they're the ones that need to hold peace over the nine right. realms? And how did Odin get all you know all this? And even in Ragnarok, like, they're starting to poke holes and starting to yeah. let you question that kind of stuff. But to the layman. You weren't supposed to question Thor. He just has the hammer. The hammer's magic. Right. He's the father. He's the son of Odin, and it is what it is. And by the and by the end of the Dark World, whether like whether whether or not you think it was a well written movie or not, by the end of it, you were just like, can we just put him back on Earth at the Avengers where I can watch, where I can <laughs> right, laugh right. at him like trying to talk with the other people? Yeah, but I mean, and then, you know, we they were, they showed realms. We went through realms, but you never saw anyone of note in any of those realms. Like Not, you never saw anybody like so you could be like oh okay I I I fear that we go back there we, right there was never there was never any of those moments you now just... now that we're on the topic though I'm gonna put you on the spot here Uh-oh. because this happens with a few people I know uh we have on our f- funky little beautifully rendered call sheets the oh the realms the all of the realms and I want to see how well George can <laughs> pronounce enunciate enunciate these terms all right well yeah like I said I do think that they need to get into um explaining these realms and, and labeling these realms and, and reading the Jason Aaron Thor run it was really cool like at one point they they co- they uh, convene mm-hmm. uh like a, a council of the realms or whatever like that remember yes. and they they have and they even have the like UN a, for the yes <laughs> and then you get and th- that's why like when I'm reading the book um when I'm reading War of the Realms and like Screwbeard pops up. I'm like, I totally know Screwbeard. <laughs> he was on that whole council thing. And you, like like you said, again, a completely a rewarding experience. But yes, so we have Alfheim. Mm-hmm, very good. <laughs> the home of the Light Elves. Um, Asgard, home of the Asgardians and Odin the Allfather. The one everyone knows. 
This one I need you to explain to me. Vanaheim? Vanaheim, yes. And so it's the home of, of the veneer? Yes. Who are these people? They're like magical Asgardians? So. Like, I think so. Like, I, you could almost... I think you could almost... I don't want to get it wrong because we could tone apart, but I, I don't have as much experience with veneer. Yes. So I hear that, like, um, Asgard is... Like, Odin is the son of Bor? I believe so. But he had also other kids, and I think his other kids went and created a uh, world in Vanaheim. They have a whole bunch of kids, right? As they often do. And I know that they go to Vanaheim, um, in in War of the Realms to get like recruits. And mm-hmm. Black Panther's there with the guy with the panther, yes, thing on his head, yes. But they seem to be magical. I just didn't know much about them. I don't um, know. I I because like I don't. I almost always immediately like. Um, register them as fairies, but like that's I don't, it's not really yes. what it is. Right, right. And they, I mean, they they're not fairies; they're light elves, which is like, right, all right, yeah. <laughs> um, Jotunheim, Jotunheim. Oh, it's with a Y, Jotunheim. Yes, that's actually the one I remember the most quickly, and I guess it's because the ironic Thor, part, Thor the... one. We spent a lot of time there, uh. and King Laufey. I know all that like by heart. I know, and and now because of um. The Jason Arrow run, I know about <coughs> Svartalheim. Svartalheim. I was, was going to say, like, the, the, the ironic, <laughs> the fun part for you at um, Jotunheim is, uh, for you as, as a Hispanic man who understands the accents, is you have to think of it the same reverse as the Yankees. Yes. It's, it's the Yankees. The Yankees. But you have to see it as Jotunheim. Jotunheim. And that has the Frost Giants, King Laufey, who is the father of Loki. Loki yes. is half Frost Giant. Um, we got Midgard, the home of the humans. Nidavellir. Yes. Uh, the dark fields, the home of the dwarves, and we saw Nidavellir in um uh, in in Endgame Infinity and War? Infinity War. Oh yes, Endgame and Infinity and, War, which has its own theme. Ah, check that out. The only realm to have its own theme, probably. It, it has its own theme song because <laughs> they play it every time someone th- gets thrown off the freaking thing. <laughs> um. So, uh, Svartalheim. Uh, close. Yes, yeah, Svartalheim. Svartalheim. It, it's just a matter of getting that right. That sound out. Svartalheim. Svartalheim. The Dark World, uh, where the Dark World movie took place, and yes. home of the Dark Elves and Malekith. That the thing accursed. people want to forget. Niflheim. Yes. The realm of the dishonored dead and the land of ice, mist, and cold. And hell is a region of Niflheim where the dead who are neither honored or nor dishonored reside. I'm gonna get this one wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Muspelheim? Muselheim. Muselheim. So you just... Muselheim. The PH... I mean, the SP just yeah. collides. Mus, Muselheim. Yes. Home of the fire demons, a realm of eternal fire, and Cinder, the daughter of Surtur, who he uh, reigned over. Yes. Mus- Muselheim. Muselheim. <laughs> that's how I know how to say it. And that's probably the one I struggle with the most. Um, so it's we, okay. And then we have Heaven, the home of the angels, a paradisal realm... Heaven was cut off from the other nine realms by Odin during a brutal war against Asgard, and it was reopened by Thor and Loki. And I think that's probably where we should start canonically, which is with the the very light events of Original Sin, mm-hmm. where Thor is told that he has a sister named Angela who they stole from Spawn. Yeah, and, <laughs> and uh, she was not stolen. It is a crea- <laughs> it was a creator owned content, and that's what you get to do. You get to take it with you. And McFarlane was not happy about it. That's it. Two big things though come out of Original Sin. That is what happens when your own <laughs> rules get used against you. There's two big things that come out of Original Sin, right? Thing number one is there's another realm. There's ten realms in total, including heaven. 
And wait, wait, before you start, also, I need to, need to point out the one other great thing about it was that, because I think Neil Gaiman made Angela. Yes. And then Neil Gaiman left to Marv, left, took his character Angela with him, and just to spite McFarlane, yeah. sold Angela to Marvel. Terrible. Gangster energy. <laughs> terrible, terrible. And yeah, he still, they were, they were going back and forth for that for a minute. Um... But the other big thing besides the uh, existence or the, the revealing the existence of heaven is um, Nick Fury tells Thor in his ear. Yes. Something that we didn't know for months. Yes. <laughs> which was Gore was right. And Gore basically, the God Butcher, the, the, the being created to kill all gods, basically believes all gods are unworthy and absolute mm-hmm. power corrupts absolutely and therefore no one is worthy. And also that they are petty, them. foolish, infighting yes. children. Emotional, you know... Uh, not worthy to, you know, hold dominion over anyone, nevertheless the realms. Uh, and so, how do you feel about that whole gore storyline, the God Butcher bringing in the three Thors, King Thor and Younger Thor, for lack of a better name? I think that was the first time I really got, like, the... the I really got the feeling that this thing was definitely arced ar- around one central, like, longer story. Yeah. That, like, these things... I, I, again, it's you know, it's rewarding you for the commitment and it rewarding you for remembering. Like yes. this stuff matters because I am I'm I'm tacking all these adventures together. Yeah, you know, this thing happened because of a thing that happened earlier, and it all means something. Instead of just be like we told this story, and then we told that story, and then we went off on this adventure. I think it was really cool to create a character that makes us go, like you said, in Thor's world. And has a challenge with him because yeah. in all three phases of Thor, unworthy Thor, and then I guess other unworthy Thor, right. and uh, King Thor, Gore gets him. <laughs> you know, Gore, yeah. Gore has his number. Um, and, and also to be so easy to stick to a certain box because, like, to a like to a degree, Thor has been written for you already. Yeah, you, you know? know the story. We just we, there's so much to pull from already, like. To create something new for it means a lot. It does. Um, and so we have this God Butcher run where Thor, um, you know, is able to to get reinforcements from past and future versions of himself. I thought that was really cool. We see basically one enemy and how he torments mm-hmm. <laughs> Thor through different decades. Hundreds of years spanning in between, but like a thorn in his side. Um, we got to see the cool stuff with Malekith uh, escaping. Was it uh, Niflheim? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, with the spiders, <laughs> and so he escapes, uh. and that's that starts a whole thing because he goes to go kill the light elves or marry the light elves, <laughs> and he causes a whole war over there. Mm-hmm. But what was surprising about that little run is this idea that the dark elves wanted him as king because they felt that even though he was a mass murdering psychopath, he had direction, <laughs> and yeah, and it because he strength. showed strength, yes. yes, and it showed strength. Um, and that's. That is the seed that gets planted. Him being able to rule his own realm um, is the seed that gets planted for this war. And every so often we're reminded that he's pulling his resources from all these realms mm-hmm. who all have a little bit of hatred towards these Asgardians. Right. Um, and building them up together to uh, to have this war. Did you know when this was like when was all this going to come to fruition were you impatient in any way or was it something that ah, oh, it could happen 10 years down the line um for a while it started to be like, like when are we going to get to this because we would always like um 
pull back a little toward it. Like, like, like meanwhile, <laughs> the Legion of Doom. Yes. You know, with, with the cabal and stuff and the dark. Uh, he has his own like he has his own cabal with Loki. And... Yeah, and he's just he's just constantly sorting discord in and uh problematic. <clears throat> making all sorts of problematic issues across all the realms before it could all come to a head. And it, it, like, it, it almost makes you think to yourself, like, what fools these people are to have their... They, like, Odin's so busy having this petty infight trying to figure out who this female is with, with Mjolnir, and it's just like, you old man! Yeah, yeah. Focus on what's happening! A hundred percent. And we should get into that as well. So... All of a sudden, you know, because of the whole Gore was right, Thor leaves his hammer. He's unable to pick it up, and he leaves it on the moon. A woman picks it up. She becomes the new Thor, the mighty Thor. And for months, people can't figure out who that person is. Turns out that that is Jane Foster, um, the old bow of uh, of Thor. And a person now stricken with cancer. And so... Through the hammer, she's able to be Thor and live healthily, but every time she transforms, it removes the chemotherapy in her body, making her closer and closer to death. And uh, we get a situation in which um, Mangog, the living embodiment of hatred of, of an entire people. Yes. <laughs> Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of an it's, entire people that Odin. <laughs> it's a wild one. Yeah, Odin. You know, he did some dirty things to get that to get that kingdom, and so Mangog appears, uh, literally just destroys Warthor, um, and the only person that really wants to fight him head on is Jane, even though, you know, a lot of people are telling her that she shouldn't. Uh, push comes to shove, and her and Odin's son end up getting Magog on the sun. They end mm-hmm. up chaining him up, throwing uh, Mjolnir. And it sends Magog into the center of the sun, and thus Mjolnir is destroyed, Magog's destroyed, Jane Foster is removed from the uh, uh, Thor mm. uh, lineage because there is no more Mjolnir, and, and Odin's son is just... And glossed over it, but that was another thing we ended up introducing, which was the, the ultimate hammer into the Marvel Prime universe, which was corrupted with some sort of wild energy and turned happy... Joyful um, Volstag Volstag into the War Thor. Yes, and he's just berserker all the time. Yes. Yeah, I had heard that this is the hammer of the uh, Ultimate Thor. Yes. Uh, that's just. I'm just glad they folded him in. <laughs> you know, like I'm just <laughs> glad they they got him in there. Well, I thought that was really really cool. Um, and that's roughly where we're at with this, right? Am yes. I missing anything? Where, uh, is the, where does the Golden uh, Hammer come from? Um, the Golden Hammer is just like. Another hammer of a bunch of hammers that are built by, yeah, the dwarves. Uh, um, yeah, by the I think the the how do you say the um, it, it's the joke. They have the small name, but they're massive. Oh, the trolls. Uh, I think so. Dwarves. The dwarves are all small dwarves. Yeah, huge. I think the dwarves. Yes, because the dwarves are the uh, the great um creators. Yes. Are you ready to open up this war? Yes. You ready to get down to it? Let's talk about issue one of War of the Realms. Six issue story uh, written by Jason Aaron. Artist is uh, Russell Dalterman. Letterer is Joseph Bino. Colorist Matthew Wilson. Editors Will Moss and Tom Brevort. So our story opens up with the nine realms ravaged by Malekith and his army made up of soldiers from all the nine realms. We see a desolate Asgard and a sober Odin who himself... Somber Odin, who, yeah, he, I don't think he's very sober. He, that he's man had has enough, not been sober for some time. He's had enough mead, uh, <laughs> who himself is attacked by Malekith's dark elves. Back on Earth, Thor and Thori, please explain to me, Thori. 
Tori's a good dog. Murder, murder, murder. Is, yeah, he seems, to be, he seems to be a dog running on the fuel of murder. Where does he he's come a hell from? Dog. How can he talk? What is all this? I believe I, he's a hell dog. Okay. Like like the ones we see later on with Malekith and his yes. war, war war dogs or whatever. Yes. Um. And so th- it's just Thor's dog, and he yeah, can it's just Thor's speak. dog, and Thor's dog wants to be good boy, but also just loves to murder. He just loves to murder. Yes. Um. We see him and Thori, uh, chilling, and suddenly they find a bloody Loki who warns that the War of the Realms is here. Suddenly, dark elves swarm Thor's ship, but Thor handles them swiftly. He demands that they take him to. He did well. He demands that Loki utilize Malekith's black Bifrost as the actual Rainbow Bridge was destroyed and forces his brother to take him That's to the leader. often it is. Was that, that was destroyed in the Magog situation, right? I or, believe it, uh, I believe it may have been. But like, I think you're, like, you're right. It always is. It, yeah, but like, I think it also gets destroyed in like a ritual sin or something like that. Like that, that thing gets messed up a lot. Yes. Uh, yeah, so their regular Rainbow Bridge is destroyed, but they know that Malekith is using the Black Bifrost to go to and from the realms. So he's like, uh, yeah, you need to take me to Malekith now. Um, they disappear and reappear on Jotunheim, mm. the land of the ice giants, and Loki reveals himself to be Malekith. He says things have just begun before sicking his frost giants on Odinson. Meanwhile, in the Boogie Down Bronx, Spider-Man hey. is thwipping about when he sees the old mother free. Yeah. Freya. Freya. You can say Freya or Freya. I think they're just as they, good. Okay. I remember this being F-R-I-G-G-A. It's an, is it in the movies that she's Frigga? Yes. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't know what decision that was, but... I'm wondering if it's just... It's all the same person, just different, I guess, nomenclature. Yeah. Okay. It probably is. Makes me feel a little bit better. A little bit better. I uh-huh. mean, like, because I don't... I, I, yeah, maybe it's just a dialect thing. I don't know. Like, right. um... Like, do do you know the the old like not that old, but like the the big Russian MMA fighter who was like Fedor Emelianenko? Yes, yes. But like, technically, his proper like Russian pronunciation is like Fyodor, and it's spelled differently. So it's like it might just be a yeah, yeah, translated in different languages yeah. kind of situation. That makes sense. Um, but she's there fighting some dark elves on the rooftop of the brownstone, currently housing the Asgardian refugees of the Mangog massacre. So Spidey swings in and uh, to save her when Hildegard, 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 uh, Jane Foster and Lady Sif come busting in, and they. I was try... really brought on this episode as a translator. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> to come busting in, and, and uh, they try to deduce what's going on. So Hildegard, Jane Foster, are they, is this a trinity that's been established? Um, like, not or are they just hanging out with Freya for the most part? Not necessarily. I think like. I think Sif is just anywhere you find these stories because she's like the one female people yeah. know. Other than that, Jane Foster is obviously a stalwart, and Hildegard is one that sort of comes in and out, but I don't hear about her much. Yeah. Okay. Um, they try to deduce what's going on. Freya tells them uh, she feared this day would come and that the final battle of the War of the Realms won't be fought in a faraway land, but on Midgard, a.k.a. Earth. Because it always is. Kind of, sort of. Um, and then it's always in New York because they keep messing up our city. And then, like, I, the only thing that I, you know, this is just a crossover, uh, you know, uh, or, a, 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 you know, epic event complaint is that the damage done in these events, man. <laughs> I, I hate how they just hand wave it at the end, like, and then everything went back right. to normal. I was like, back to no- People were murdered. I saw right. a man be bitten in half. What's going on here? Anyway, um... The heroes of New York do what they can do to hold back uh, Malekith and his army, but Freya tells them that they're going to need an army of their own if they're going to go against the hordes of Malekith, including the new lords of Midgard. 
Dario Agar, Enchantress, King Ulic, Curse, <laughs> Queen Heaven. Are you not a fan of Dario Agar? No, I am not. <laughs> I, I knew it was him that you had the issue with. <laughs> uh, I, I had a feeling. Cinder, King Luffy, and Malekith. So what's your beef with Dario? Oh, God. If there was a scum, you're a scumbag on the earth. He's ha- he's a it doesn't Cinder. help that he just turns into a freaking minotaur. Yeah, he could, he could just turn into a minotaur. Um, Am we supposed to get, like, Dario Agar's dagger? Like, is that a thing? I, I guess. The Agar is dagger. Is that like, I, I trying... guess that's one way to look at it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was never... trying to wonder if there was something there, there. I never put that together. I was just like, it, it, it's sort of just the scummiest of, like, big corporation scumbags who, like, anytime something happens, it's just like, okay, let's work the cover up. Yeah, it's like, but it's like, okay, um, what the hell is his name? Who does uh, Facebook? Zuckerberg. It's like, okay. oh yeah, it's 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 kind of hard dealing with Mike Zuckerberg. Oh, and by the way, he's a minotaur. You know, right. he, he also he also can turn into a mystical beast when he's pissed off. So I thought that was fun. He actually does a lot in consideration, like the idea that he is the um their uh point of contact on Midgard. Yes, he's able to dismantle all of the communications. We'll get there in a bit. But um, they taunt the heroes, but the Avengers assemble, ready, hey. to, ready to take on all comers. In the fray, King Luffy grabs Freya and attempts to kill her when she's saved by Loki, who is bitten in half by his father. Jesus Christ. Uh, all hope seems lost, and the Avengers wonder where Thor is, and we see him in Jotunheim, covered in blood, seemingly driven by survival as the first issue ends. Um, I remember when that first issue end- ended, me thinking like, okay. like they me are- more damned false yeah, giants! They are above... You know, this is above their heads already. Yeah. Usually it takes a little bit of a while, but this was already like, oh, we none of us are ready for no. this. And the one person who's seemingly ready for this is trapped on, uh, you right. know, in another realm. This is one of those things where even for him being highly popular and highly regarded and one of the best superheroes known to man, I, I even as I read this, I'm just like, the heck is Spider-Man going to do? <laughs> no, you know, it reminds me like <laughs> when we were watching, and you saw Crisis. Yeah. Right? When they go through that whole thing and people have like batons and guns yeah. against a shadow demon. And it's like, what? 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 What is going on here? It's just that fun moment where it's just, like, oh. I'm like, gonna, I like at one I'm going to forget names, but it's going to bother me. But it's just like, it's like, yes, here is the Adam and here is, uh, here is Superman and Supergirl and her sister and Alex, uh, who has Alex a Danvers. Chick <laughs> I love, I love that they they kind of got around that by having Freya be like, "Oh, bullets work in any realm. Like it's the only thing you Midgards got right <laughs> is that bullets are effective everywhere." And I was like, "All right, all right, we need some That's of our own. But it's great <laughs> that the only thing our realm ever got right was making things to kill kill each other. But yes, it is what it is. Never underestimate a droid. <laughs> <laughs> um, so issue two, we see humans being evacuated to the Sanctum Sanctorum. You're gonna have to explain this dog to me. Who's that dog that's like a ghost? Um, that that is a uh, strangest dog. I forgot his name, but he died. Is he living? No, he's not living. No, he died. The dog died some time ago in a in a like a pretty kind of tragic thing. But like he has like this spirit of the dog now. That's his pet. That's kind of a lot. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we yeah. have like this astral form uh, dog who's also helping people get in. I like that the Sanctum Sanctorum basically can house as many people as you need to. It's like a pocket dimension if you it, need it, to. It, it's a what is it? It's the um, it's the the the, the police box. Oh yes, yes, <laughs> uh, in uh, Doctor Who. Yes. Um, my nerd powers are just. <laughs> I don't even watch. We the also show. trying to Jotunheim. We're still doing that over here. So. Fair enough. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so they got all, they're getting the humans evacuated into the Sanctum Sanctorum, and the heroes on the ground continue to face off against Malekith's army. Thanks to Dario Agar, head of Roxxon, all the networks are down, a major blow for our tech-based heroes, uh, like Black Panther, and for any hopes of reinforcement. Magic is down too, thanks to Malekith's Coven of War, which is those give that's nightmare fuel. Yeah, right. <laughs> who are blocking Doctor Strange's enchantments. The battle rages on with our heroes' work cut out for them as they are surrounded on all sides. Suddenly, from the sky, Odin and his Valkyries. And there's several moments when this happens. Whenever people come down from the sky, it's just awesome. Yeah. This is a great moment. So you just see him on this winged Pegasus and all these women warriors with swords on their flying horses. And Any moment where Pegasus is just, Pegasi just appear from the sky is wonderful. Yes. And so they just show up. Odin's ready. And they're ready to do battle and help our guys turn the tide. Uh, Jane Foster is able to incapacitate the war witches. And Doctor Strange uses all his power he has to try to evacuate all the citizens. But ends up teleporting our heroes to Avengers Tower in the North Pole as well. Um, I need your help on this. The people are also there, right? Um, the citizens? Yes. Uh... It was a little hairy with that, right? <laughs> that's, a little, that's a little bit of hairiness. And I think that they do say that they're in, like they're in there somewhere, and then right. the heroes have their own floor to talk about their war room stuff. Right. But if if not, then they just went. They just transported them somewhere. It's like we're out. <laughs> yes. By the way, um, and I know they're like strange. What did you do? He's like, what, bro? Like, <laughs> like I just used my power, bro. I just like everyone's blaming me and shit. Like I, you as, know, I got so- everybody gone. As someone who just finished. The boys. I can imagine Doctor Strange just being like, "Don't die with them." Yes, please. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's pretty damn good. That show um, is messed up. Yes. Um, the book is worse. <laughs> yes. Uh, so war witches. Everyone's transformed. Odin and Frigga offer advice: save Thor in the land of the ice giants and destroy the Black Bifrost in the land of the dark elves. Pretty open and shut case. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm reading it, I realize how much of the story is literally just those two things. Yes. <laughs> but um. Odin retires to heal from his near-fatal wounds as Freya offers to find Thor, giving Jane the title of All-Mother in her absence. Jane is in shock, though, as she sees Malekith's destruction and the dozens of Valkyries he's laid waste to before we are shown Brunhilde? Brunhild. Brunhild, the Valkyrie, being beheaded by the War Messiah. That was ugly. That was a bit of... Because Brunhild was just whooping ass for a moment and just got real yes. proud and then just lost her head. I I like those moments. I mean, that sounds a little bit uh, malicious. Yeah. I like uh, my villains to be dangerous. Right. And this, all they kept doing was ramping up the levels of danger in Malekith, which made me a big fan of this whole entire run because if you could just go up to him and punch him in the face, then what's the point? He's taking on the uh, the army of Odin. Like, eh, heads cut off on TV, everybody. By the way, <laughs> watching that or seeing that image of a Pegasus Impaled on a spire of a of a of a uh, skyscraper. Mm-hmm. It's one of the weirdest, unsettling images because yeah. it's like so much magic tr- stabbed up by technology. <laughs> it's just like such a weird uh, nightmare fuel situation. But yeah, Jane, um, I-, I was surprised, but also not surprised. She gained a lot of um, goodwill with yes. the, with Odin's family, with yes, Odin's son and his family. Um, and you know, Odin go, goes up to her face and is like, "You went hand to hand with me when, when she was in uh, Valhalla, or whatever." He's like, "You can, a woman?" <laughs> like he was going through all that whole thing. Oh. Um, Never have I imagined such yes. a thing. And and then I'm also like, okay, 
So Odin gets stabbed in the beginning of this story. Then he goes all crazy. Then he gets stabbed again <laughs> in this story. Then he goes to take a nap. <laughs> Later on, he's going to come back. He's going to get his moment again. And then he's going to be trapped again. I'm like, this guy, man, he's great for an entrance. But like the whole staying power thing. Yeah. <laughs> not, it's not, he's not about that. Uh, at the start of issue three, Freya asks Captain America to grab some heroes and venture to save Thor as she realizes she's the only one with the knowledge to go to Svartalheim to destroy the Black Bifrost, which is Malekith's main means of transportation between realms. This is my favorite part. <laughs> By the destroyed rainbow bridge, Daredevil hopes to help a blind Heimdall see. Heimdall tells Daredevil to grab his sword and prepare to, only see, to see what only the gods have the power to see. Daredevil lifts the weapon and it's instantly imbued with godlike sight as the Bifrost starts to repair itself. Um, I just like that he's just like, he was loving that, man. Yeah. Like, every time you went back to th- Daredevil uh, at the Bifrost Bridge, he's just like, I, I can hear somebody from over there. I can hear somebody, um, you know, cooking pasta on that side. And someone got their TV on and over there in the apartment 13. Like, he's, he's solely. He's re- he's like, like what for, is it? The sight a man upon- who has not seen in years, he is granted a sight that <laughs> sight beyond upon sight. Any- <laughs> Give me sight beyond sight. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, that yeah. was it. <laughs> also, I do I I do enjoy the 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 idea on paper where it's just like ah yes, Daredevil, sworn Catholic. Yes, here grab North this. North mythology, yes, North mythology. You're and- you're about to question a lot of things. And he also kind of like shrugged because initially they're like. We can't get the Bifrost. Heimdall's blind. He's like, oh, you need a blind person to do something? I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll sign up. He had no idea what it was. He's just like, if you need a blind person, I totally got that. I'll do that. Right. Uh, but yeah, he, he can see. So um, It's like being that one kid who's just like, hey, something I'm good at. Yes. Yes, please. Because again, like you said, he ain't throwing that damn, uh, whatever, that, that billy club All thing at. Who he throwing that at? Hey, hey, that's not happening. He might as well stand with the sword. Go over there with the sword. Uh, I'm just Murdoch. imagining a scene where you just hit one of the freaking trolls with a, with a baton and he just stopped like, and just turn the around. hell was like, that? Yeah, like, someone's dropping rocks. Um, with the bridge repaired, Murdoch sends Cap, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Logan, and Spider-Man to Jotunheim to save Thor. Using a literal river of giant's blood to track Thor down. <laughs> that was pretty cool. The heroes fly through the air, each on their own Pegasus, when Luke is when Luke's is struck out of the sky by frost giant archers and their giant arrows. Greg, every time I see these giant arrows, they scare me to death. <laughs> I've seen these frost giants in many different other stories than in the Jason Aaron run, and just the idea of being struck by a sharpened tree, like yeah. an entire tree, it's the scariest thing in the world to me. I don't know why. I guess seeing the images of, of humongous things being imp- impaled was just yeah. like, damn, it, it, this is getting real. Like yeah, if if you took a if you took a log tree and just sharpened it right at the at the end and shot it at and something and just shot like, it, oh my <laughs> god, bananas! Uh, so yeah, well, they, we got one horse down. Um, in Svartalheim, <laughs> Freya, Ghost Rider, She Hulk, Blade, Punisher, and Ghost—I said Ghost Rider, right? Uh, Punisher do their best to disguise themselves as Malekith's army. When the disguises start to waver, Ghost Rider, uh, Frank. Oh, Frank opens fire and they abandon the ruse <laughs> all the time. And he even has like a badass talk with in the in the one in the tie-ins where Freya's like, Captain America says you're the kind of man that makes you know tough decisions. He's like, 
Yeah, it's kind of what I do. War. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, it's kind of what I do. Frankie, always so dramatic. Um, calling upon his charger, Ghost Rider and the rest ride the flaming car towards the Black Bifrost. On Earth, specifically in Europe, Malekith takes the ebony blade from an incapacitated Black Knight, and just when it goes to give, just when he goes to give the death blow, the team of Weapon H, Venom, Deadpool, Captain Marvel, Bucky, Lady Sif, and Captain Britain make the save. That's an odd ass team. Yes, and. Weapon H, bro. Uh, What's up with that guy? I don't, I don't have a freaking clue. Is he damaged? He's this is the damaged, only time right? I saw him. <laughs> he's the only. This is the only time I've seen him in a crossover. Like, mm. there's been enough crossovers since he's been created. I to, never read the book he was in. I never interested. I thought it was dumb. I remember seeing the the like the floating tube, right, and the silhouette of a Hulk ish creation with the claws, right. And then I saw him with the bone sticking out, and I was like, I don't like that. It, I tell you, when I look at him, he reminds me of damage. And I'm uh, like, yeah, I totally get that. Huh. All right. Or, okay. Um, but he's there. He's trying to help. You know, can't, can't, can't gotta give him an E for effort. Um, yes. So realizing that, oh yeah, but then they're all, back at the Bifrost, Daredevil, Lady Sith, and Heimdall, the only ones protecting the Bifrost mm-hmm. are attacked by Dark Elves. Realizing that if the bridge falls, they will lose the war, the three fight back against their enemies. Things are getting bleak, though, as the new lords of Midgard divvy up their territory and start to rule over various continents as our heroes try and defend them. Back in the land of the Frost Giants, all the horses are dead, so Cap's team starts to walk when they hear Thor's voice. On Earth, Malekith... When Cap says walk, you walk. On Earth, Malekith uses the Ebony Blade to attack Venom, who seemingly disintegrates, and one of his dark elves... Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, disintegrates. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and one of uh, Malekith's dark elves successfully blows up the Bifrost once they're able to get past Daredevil. Realizing this, Freya ch- changes the plan because if they destroy the Black Bifrost, they're going to be trapped. Back with Cap's team, they finally find Thor atop a mountain of giant corpses <laughs> in what Wolverine calls a berserker rage, and, 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 and in one of the best page turners in this book. Uh, because Odin just demands more giants to be slayed by his hand. Um, he's covered in blood. He's out of control. Just the I demand art- more damned frost giants. Just the art on that page, man. Yeah. Um, it's it, it it's electric. No pun intended. Uh, to see Thor ramp himself up to this level, and just to see him cornered, like they say, like a cornered animal is the yeah. most dangerous. The idea that he had to fight through all of this just to one amber, dis- one armor destroyed hammer, and he's just like, bring it. That's it. <laughs> um, really, really cool. Let's talk about this new world, though, because we. I see... kind of wish Frank was there. He was just like, "Is that what I look like?" <laughs> yeah, right. That's the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> you get him, boy. <laughs> That's it. When you find somebody you love, you holding tight. <laughs> right? <laughs> I ain't gonna tell you again. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we have this new world, right? We got um, North America is New Jotunheim. Mm-hmm. South America is being controlled by Enchantress. I mean, North America is pretty cool. Yes, it is. Uh, the Queen of Heaven is ruling over Africa. Malekith is holding dominion over Europe. China is given to the Queen of Cinders, while Australia is troll territory now. Lastly, Roxxon has control over the Antarctic. Mm. All right. So when issue four starts, we revisit the home of the Light Elves, which was coincidentally the first realm Malekith conquered. This is me going, oh, yeah, <laughs> I remember you. And, and your weird... You, 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 these people and their weird fruity last names like honeysuckle or, or, or you know like or, or featherfoot or something like yeah. that. 
you, King Featherfoot, go grab Honeysuckle and we're going to go. And I was like, okay, I remember all this. I just not imagine somebody looking at that script and going, you want me to say what? <laughs> yes. I totally get it. Using the Black Bifrost, Punisher recruits the survivors in a revenge mission against the accursed. It's also hilarious that Punisher gets the light elves. <laughs> like, they're, right. such, they're such, like you said, pixies. They look like fairies. Yeah. And he's just like this badass in a skull, in a black skull mask. Like, all right, you guys ready to kill? <laughs> uh, back at the black we're gonna Bi- make some hard decisions back at the black bifrost freya is holding the bitter blade and has seemingly come under its spell was the bitter blade did it have significance prior to this event not that i remember okay i was just thinking like did i miss something um she tells she hulk that she can fend for herself teleporting her out of there before facing a horde of dark elves alone her and odin have that bloodlust that's probably why they got together because she's totally like how many how many of you do you think it'll oh, take? Oh, that comes up later. It is hilarious. And I was like, wow. All right. Totally get why you guys are together. <laughs> the rest of Freya's forces recruit the survivors of the realm to join them in a war against Malekith, while Cap and his team successfully get Thor back to Avengers Tower. When Odin awakens, he's furious to hear that his wife has was abandoned in the land of the Dark Elves. Odin demands his weaponry so he can save his wife, but Tony has a better idea. Back in the Svartal... <laughs> we see Malekith has the Venom symbiote under his dark magic uh, and he uses it to stab Freya in the stomach with a symbiotic blade. He taunts the All-Mother before a powerful voice yells, get the hell away from my wife. And we see Odin adorned in Iron Man armor, effectively becoming the Iron All-Father. <laughs> What'd you think of this moment? I was like, oh, that is cool. <laughs> yeah, it was. Even the that, weird... is, that is some over-the-top badass ridiculousness. Even the weird glyphs of the beard. Like, yeah. they made, they did, like, the glyphs inside the helmet of the beard. Really, really, really cool. Um, and... that, that was kind of just, like, a ridiculous sort of, holy shit. Yes, yeah. It's just like, I, I guess we're dealing with this now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he shows up. Uh, it's the... also kind of an interesting, like, if you, um, you can almost think of it as a kickback in a way that, like, the, what, what was it Original Sin or was it, uh... No, it was um the other story. Which one? Um, the one with uh the big the big snake where Thor died. Uh is that Ragnarok? Ragnarok? No, no, it's not Ragnarok. It was some. It was called something else. The uh, World Serpent. The World. Uh... Yes, yes. But basically, the story where Iron Man goes to him and and he's like, "Oh yes, you want the gods' help?" And I was like, "No, I want your weapons." Oh. And they give them all a bunch of hammers. Oh, they give everyone on Earth a bunch of hammers. Yes. Huh. Now Odin comes to use some of Tony's technology. Yes. Which, I mean, to a god might seem rudimentary, but Tony is like a wizard. So he's yeah. like his own, right? He's like his own right. kind of god in a way. Uh, so I want to say it was Fear Itself. Yes. It, that makes a lot of sense, actually, for it being Fear Itself. Because in the beginning of Fear Itself, it might be Ragnarok. I think so. Or they're uh, dealing the with events like, of everyone dying and being like struck that, out yeah. of the sky. And Thor has to die fighting the snake monster thingy or whatever. Yes. And you know, uh, prophecies and whatnot. Right. So it was like that that was cool to see that like it like that that little development kind of came back around. And I had not and this is you know, Jason Aaron does this on purpose. We don't see many instances of Odin being affectionate. No. So this is this is like you're kinda down with this. You're kinda down with like I'm here to save my wife. 
and, yeah. I, and I don't even know what I'm wearing. At one point, she's like, "What are you wearing?" Because like, I don't know. This might as well be my damn tomb. If I'm, if if, if we're gonna die here, can you hurry up so we can leave? Uh, which I thought was really really Help cool. Help me off, woman. Yes, he goes to retreat with his wife, but she refuses, stating that destroying the Black Bifrost would be taking away Malakith's greatest weapon, so they might as well stay and do it. She says, "Death to death do they part," and he answers, "Nay, he will see her in hell." She claims this is the first time uh, he tried turning her on in 1,000 years. <laughs> this As, whole thing was hilarious. Yes, he's like, what? he's like, finally for the it's first like, time. It's like, what in took you so years, long for what? You finally turned me on. I was like, wow, they go. You wait till now in a thousand years to finally turn me on, you old man. <laughs> I did like seeing them back to back. That was kind of like yeah. a badass power couple moment. Um, they declare their love for for one another, and they combine. And their combined powers reach a peak when suddenly a huge explosion of energy destroys the black body once and for all. That's the best way I could describe it, because you mm-hmm. can't see what happened. No. They're just standing there, and then there's an explosion. I'm assuming that they just, all of their energies just created a, a poof. <laughs> um, so, kaboom. And the, realizing Malekith and his army have no way to escape or to be reinforced, Jane Foster, the new all-mother, declares war on Malekith. She says that they should wait for the Avengers to lead, but Thor, healed and ready for battle, says that he will be the one leading this time. Mm. And again, and this must have been great for you because you're like, this man started this whole thing. Like yes. he's, it's, it's finally getting up to this point. Um, before we get there, what? how would you describe... Unworthy Thor without this hammer, right? Because this there was a, a long sequence of run without with this man without the hammer, mm-hmm. and seemingly he was always looking to just get to the back to the point of being worthy. Like he, yeah. he was always just trying to figure out, you know, what what it could be. At one point, even allowing the the, the we'll, we'll talk about it in a bit the mother of storms to go through him, no hammer at all. He doesn't yes. give a damn. He's just hoping that he can gain the worthiness again. Um, is he a bit wayward? Like, does he know what's going on? What What does where does an unworthy Thor go? <laughs> um, I'm, un- unworthy Thor goes to a lot of um different, uh, how do you say, different uh stages of his life at that point because at some point he's just like angry, drunken, fighting man. You know, basically the 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 Russell Crowe of Asgard. <laughs> Drinking and fighting, fighting around the well, the realms. <laughs> yeah, fighting around the realms, drinking, fighting around right the realms, and singing and fighting and drinking. That's it. And then, like, it, it, it's always that glimmer of hope that he's kind of presented with. Yeah, where like at first it's the the warhammer, and then he's just like, "This isn't mine. This isn't what I'm. Wa- this isn't what I want." Yeah, even though I like th- like right I'm not now, destined I, for this. Yeah. Right now, I think it is because it, it's. It, it it's a semblance of something yeah. that I'm looking for, but it's not mine. It's not right. what I want. So and and he just tries to like accept that this is who he is, and then try to make something of it. Yeah. And even that is sort of a half measure because he's still like always gives me some back sort of, his head, of yeah. hammer. Yes, he he's trying to find a level of comfortability with not without being worthy. Yeah. But his in his heart, that's his destiny. And so while he may seem content in his other you know, roles, he's always in the back of the head going, please, <laughs> please, right. you know, just give me a moment there. Um, ready for battle? Thor is impatient as he's told by Daredevil to visit the sun. Once there, Daredevil explains, uh, you're on this one, Daredevil explains that the seed of Yggdrasil, Yig- Yggdrasil. 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 Either you can say it, Yggdrasil or Yggdrasil. Ig- I-, I might go egg. I- I'm, 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 I know to say this, I know like 
um, Red Skull kind of says it as Yggdrasil. Yggdrasil. It's a German. Right. <laughs> uh, so once there, Daredevil explains that the seed of Yggdrasil, <laughs> the world tree, was growing in Asgardia when it was destroyed by the sun. The stubborn seed took root in, on the fiery surface of the sun and has grown. Thor demands that he be nailed to the world tree and that Daredevil ignore his screams. Um, they reference a time in which Odin's done this. Is this something in canon or was this just them talking about a, a further time? They're like Odin once did this. He nailed himself to the tree for nine days or something. Yes. Is um, that something we ever see or the, is this it, something that no, they No, but it's, it's sort of... Uh, I mean, if you do, it's in a way back work that I've not read, but like... Sounds like it would be in the actual Nordic text. That sounds like a probably Nordic, yeah. Like, a like there's thing. all these stories of the things that Odin did to gain <laughs> right, knowledge right. or to gain power. Like yeah. took his eye out. Yeah, because it like doesn't that. necessarily make sense on the on the face of it. No, you nail yourself to this tree and are tortured until you gain the knowledge that you seek. Yeah, which that just yeah. Yeah. There's a lot there's a lot of that going on. So <laughs> yeah. So that's basically what he's trying to do. In Wakanda, T'Challa and the Dora Milaje are taking on the agents of heaven when Frank and his life light elf brigade show up to make the save showing that the tide is finally turning i also like that uh okoye was like there's there's no words for grovel but there's like 18 words for war yeah or something like that you're about to learn right now that you in wakanda i i do appreciate that ever since the movie the comic books are just like okay so this one's okoye yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. because they never cared about I, I, identifying any of them there's like 15 other different dorm you're like this that's one, a though, is a koye. <laughs> that's a koye. Even though you they all look alike. You will know this one is a koye. They all look alike by design, but this one is a koye. Remember? Remember that yeah. movie that you saw? Yes. Totally her. The cool one. Yeah. You like that one, right? Oh, no, she throws her wig. Remember the whole thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we see Ghost Rider defeating Enchantress's Army of the Dead. And we see Spider-Man leading the House Spiders as their new leader. As well as Tony Stark's new War Machine Dwarves. Uh, we're shown. Of course, he would. One hundred percent. We're shown teams like Doctor Strange in Boulder, Power Man and Iron Fist, Captains America and Britain, and <laughs> others taking on Malekith's forces. And, uh, and Antarctica at the Roxxon Corporation, Kazar, Blade, and the Veneer mm-hmm. descend <laughs> from Wakandan aircrafts to help take out Dario Agar and his men. Agar transforms into the Minotaur, but is handled swiftly by Ra's Solomon and Jane Foster. Is Solomon from the Mighty Thor run, or is that God of Thunder? Oh, Solomon is from... Solomon is kind of painted, like, peppered all across that run, because at some point, before Eren, I think, Solomon is in the Thor book where um, they were in Brockton. Okay. Oklahoma. Yeah. And I think Solomon and Thor date for a brief period. Huh. Because he I know that that was one of his main suspects as to who would Lady Thor be. Yes. I know that he was totally like, it's going to be you. And at one point he's like, uh, please tell me it's you. And she's like, uh, uh. And then she shows up. Actually, Solomon shows right. up and it's like, what are you idiots doing? But, um, so she has a through line through this Thor story. Yes. Okay. Um... Yeah, so her and Jane Foster are able... He's dead, right? They made it seem like he was getting shot and stabbed up, but they never speak about him after that. They're like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, the vibranium bullets of Ra Solomon and the freaking... The, the trident of, of Jane are... take. You can hear the Minotaur screams. He's dead. I'm assuming he's going to die. I did hope so. Uh, Dario Agar always... He always shows back up. The war rages on uh, rages on, on all fronts as Jane stands with Heimdall, thinking of Brunhild's 
sacrifice and looking down at the broken war Thor hammer. We are then shown a fierce storm of lightning across the skies as Thor arrives covered in blood, uru, and electricity, <laughs> asking where Malekith is hiding. I'm, 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 I'm very close to making that whole blood, thunder, and uru shirt. <laughs> like just, just those three. That's all I ever need. Um, asking where Malekith is hiding. We are shown that Thor had himself nailed to the world tree in hopes of finding out the secrets to win the war as his father Odin once did. It was on the sun that Odin's son heard Malekith's challenge. The dark elf has Odin and Freya captured at Stonehenge and has surrounded the area with a barrier only Thor can get through. If anyone other than Thor comes to save his parents, Malekith will kill them both. He taunts the god of thunder by saying, let's finish this the way it was always meant to be. Thor screams in agony, still nailed to the tree, as Jane grabs the melted war Thor hammer, and the issue ends. Mm -hmm. As a fan of the run, did you know that eventually Jane might take up the mantle again? Was that ever in your head a possibility? Um, actually, no. I I probably thought the Valkyrie thing would have happened sooner. Okay, like right when the other one died, <laughs> like the next maybe. Issue? Yeah, but like I never considered that Jane would be. There again, not not as Thor again. No, I never even thought about that. I wonder how she feels being so wrapped up in their in their stuff. Like she has her own real life too. She's really wrapped up. I in think some at God this point life. she's been balancing both sides of it for so long that it's just like this is life. That makes sense. And you saw, like she literally was a gasp at the slaughter. Like, those are her people. Like, yeah. the Valkyrie are women that she knows that she fought alongside with. Yeah. She has a lot of respect for um, Thor, for Odin, for Freya. Um, so, it, it's cool to see that they kept her around and then they gave her such a, a moment to grab that uh, hammer. And uh, that issue ends. So, we're down to the, the last of it. Issue six. The last issue starts off with Thor burning on the world tree as it literally torches one of his eyes out of its socket. This is kind of stuff that just happens. Yes. Um, this is now, like, this is one of those things. His eye gets burned away. We always saw that King Thor only had one eye or Father Thor only had mm -hmm. one eye. I guess we all just assume this is something that happens to an all-father. Yes. Like an all-father is meant to lose an eye. I'm just sure most people were happy it wasn't a space cat. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it wasn't a space cat or uh, Hella randomly just doing it. Eh, take your eye out. Pop another one in. Um, yes. Interesting. It it takes the eye out of his socket and then it literally takes away the last remnants of Uru Thor saved from Mjolnir. That Uru was given to him by Jane Foster, who had the last little scrap of it once yes. it got sent into the sun. So he has been holding on to it. And then he's like, please don't. Okay, whatever. Just take it. Just give me the damn answers. Once the last piece was gone from his hands and the last tear turned to smoke, uh, there's a huge explosion that sends Thor flying across the cosmos as the Thunder God roars in berserker rage. His suffering has finally unlocked the secrets he saw answers to, and he knows how to end the War of the Realms. In the far-flung future, the daughters of Thor are reading about this very war in text. When they come to a part of the story that says allies of Thor will travel to the future and seek aid of an old friend. Just like that, the Fantastic Four show up looking for King Thor, the all-father of the future, and the father to the girls who had fought alongside his past selves before. Standing at the ruins of Asgard in the present time, our Thor talks to all Father Thor about how the secret to beating Malekith is more Thor's, as Thor is currently the only one who can enter the barrier. All of a sudden, young Thor 
shows up, competing the Trinity of Thors, who took down Gore some time ago. Uh, do you have a favorite out of these three? Uh, obviously, you might the, the main one is <laughs> has a lot of affection, right? It it it's probably still like uh, you know uh, modern current Thor. I like All Father, and I do like a little bit of the brashness of the young. I like that they have the, their distinct voices. Yes, and that you can hear Odin in All Father Thor. Yeah, like th- that's that's experience you only get on the job training kind of thing. Right. Situation. It, it, it's it's sort of that. It's almost it's an almost tragic like like oh god, I was going to become We're my always father. Meant was to it become, Yeah, we're always meant to become our parents. I worked so hard not to become <laughs> my father. Does the person after Jason Aaron have any? Um, are they beholden? To get us the daughters of Thor, all that stuff. Because I know post this, they're kind, they're kind of referenced in the King Thor story. I'm assuming. Yes. But what, what do you say to that? Um, I mean, they're directly in the King Thor story. So, but it, does the next guy who co- takes Thor post Aaron have to um, figure them in? Well, I believe the it's Donny Cates. Probably not. Okay. But I think that's just what you get sometimes, especially when you have a. A long-running uh, position on a story where it's just like it closes out. Yeah, it's saying futures and levels of, <laughs> of madness. Right. right. <laughs> but but as someone who, who black canary stitched into your chest, right? Yeah. As as much work as they put into this particular run and the future that it produces, I wondered if they had to follow that through. If they had to right. get like a quality control person, be like, well, in issue one fifty-eight. Um, I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if someone out if someone at Marvel tried to figure out a way to commission a Daughters of Thor story. Yeah. yeah like, could... they just get their own book over here. Yeah. Daughters of Thor and the Canaries. I could totally see it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, the three get ready for battle when they hear a voice, and Mighty Thor, a.k.a. Jane Foster's Thor, arrives holding a reforged Warhammer. They exchange pleasantries before heading off to Stonehenge to confront Malekith. When they arrive, Manicus seems fine with the additional Thors. I was really surprised that he was just like, oh, more Thors. Like, he wasn't like, they figured it out. How am I ever going to do this? But we realize that the reason... <laughs> we realize the reason why he's so fine with them is because he's made changes to his dark arf dark elf army using his dark magic malekith was able to manipulate the venom symbiote and enhance his elves with it as well as creating the venom blade for himself and enhancing himself so everyone's all whacked out on on mountain dew and symbiotes <laughs> and they're all just to the gills you know there's just black i think magic they still drink and, surge here actually yeah, surge. slurm they'll drink a slurm oh over my there. god <laughs> i mean that sounds like a dark elf drink. it does um the Thor split up to tackle the various threats, while Arthur goes straight for Malekith, mm. uh, who taunted the god before using the symbiote to take his hammer. Jane is able to intervene, sending Thor into a berserker rage. With Malekith holding on, Thor begins to punch his own hammer, <laughs> and the All-Father Thor tells him to unleash and wield the Mother Storm, a.k.a. the Storm of Storms. I, I'm not going to lie, I did not know what he was doing. I'm like, why are you punching your own hammer? <laughs> and even there, like, you've gone so crazy. I think your mental wonder is just like... This is a new tactic. Yeah, and everyone's like, he's gone crazy. He's, this is the moment. <laughs> he's like, lost we, it. Yes, this, this, is, this is it. We figured it out. He's gone crazy. He's destroying, <laughs> he's punching his own He's hammer. gotten so close to the edge, and he has finally fallen right off. I, it, and they were just going to watch him, watch him punch <laughs> punch the hammer. Um, Did you ever play any of those Resident Evil games? Which ones? Uh, like, 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 it's sort of the new one, like four. Yes, yeah, so the one in Africa? 
That I think so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Where it's the part at the end where uh, Redfield is just punching this yes, giant yes. rock. Yes, he's just out of anger. Because that's what you do. That You gotta get it out. And he, he yeah, he punches his own thing. He's, he's uh, advised to unleash and wield the Mother of Storms. But Malekith manages to knock him down. And as he goes to strike him with a mace, Thor holds the weapon and uh, call, well, and unleashes a storm of pure ice and fire. Mm-hmm. The fire, being the symbiote's weakness, causes it to pull away from Atticuth as something comes crashing down to the Earth's surface. A newly forged Mjolnir. Is this something that was done out of will? Like, is this one of those, we use true love to make it kind of situations? <laughs> Because it's 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 forged. It's in a it's in a shape. It has a handle, uh, and so like I I, I I want to imagine so yeah that he like he he willed the um the creation of a new uh of a new hammer in the sun. Like I, Odin will make reference to it later, but that he was able to just manipulate the mother storm and and the uwu into into doing it yeah because we were led to believe that the mother storm uh the storm of storms is such a humongous uh source of energy that they needed to channel it through Mjolnir because no single person can be able to wield it right um and so the idea that he would bring that he would use the biggest thing to create a Mjolnir and i think they talk about it later on it's like um other people could be worthy, but he literally was so worthy that he created yes. it. <laughs> it. It's it's almost akin to um the what, what DC did with like Hal creates his own ring. I forgot all about that. Is that when they were sharing the rings? When him and Sinestro were sharing rings, remember that? It may have been, yeah. Uh, it, but like around at some point, basically, like he like Hal's ring is either lost or broken. But like he he wills his own ring out of his own willpower. And just I like that stuff better than just. Just think of hope, and, and and if you just if everyone just thinks of hope together, we just think happy things. Yeah, just hold hands and think happy thoughts. I was like, what? If we're all just really sad, all of the tears of the Pokemon will bring Ash back to life. <laughs> what was the backup plan after that? Like, you had no exit strategy after that. Well, the crying didn't work. Well, you got any other ideas? Oh my gosh! Okay, we must sacrifice the. the <laughs> That's it. We must sacrifice the the uh, icky tongue or whatever. So, uh, all right, but yeah. So there's a lot of go- going on. There's a brand new Mjolnir. It it strikes the ground. Malekith taunts that. Yeah, Thor. Yeah. So so what? You got a new hammer. You're not gonna be able to wield it because you're an unworthy. Sob and he's all like, "Well, and I actually have to write this quote down because it was such a badass moment." <laughs> all right, uh, Malekith taunts that he will not be able to pick it up. To which t- Thor retorts, "What I am, Malekith, now and forevermore, is the god of the unworthy." <laughs> and he deals a mighty blow to the face of Malekith, knocking the War Messiah out cold. Sensing her hammer won't last much longer. This is this was also like a random moment, but it was hilarious. She just throws it. She's like, well, I think we got one more good throw left. <laughs> she just throws it, and it just travels all of the way to where King Luffy is and knocks him upside down. <laughs> uh, which was, that was pretty damn funny. The blow was enough to distract, enough of a distraction for Loki to cut himself out of the belly of his own father. Yes. Proving uh, the king, uh, oh, the, uh, what is it? The god of mischief. I was going to say the king of mischief. The <laughs> god of mischief is still alive. That was nasty. Yeah, it was. And was like, I thought he got bitten in half. 
You Did what? he not get bit in half? Hmm? I thought he got bitten in half. Oh, uh, no, like, I think he got, like, yeah, but, like, I... They never separated. Those him. Oz giants don't up. don't chew their food, bro. That's what I guess it is. Not. This is why you're always supposed to chew your food, kids. <laughs> or else your chicken nuggets will come back to life and cut their way out. <laughs> oh my god! And you do not want that to happen. Uh, There's a very horrifying like visual there about eggs. <laughs> and like, I also feel like that was like a kind of hand wavy thing of like, how can we do this entire story without Loki? <laughs> like issue one, he's eaten. Issue six, he comes back. Like the, all the events have gone and come and passed, and uh, yeah, I I just thought that was that was pretty funny. <laughs> um, but back at Stonehenge, young Thor cuts off Malekith's arm, um, which to me was just like petty, like not petty, <laughs> but just like sure, right? like you're already here. There's nowhere for you to go. You're literally surrounded. I'll just cut off your arm. It's just like somebody forgot about the kid with the axe. I can't have this. Yes, he's, he just. Well, everyone else got to do something. I want to do something. And he cuts off one of his arms. Um, and they declare his war over. Driven insane at the idea of a, a world without war. Malekith sends his dogs of war after the Thors. But smelling his fear, they turn on their master, ripping him limb from limb. Across Asgard, things start to revert Midgard. to normal. Midgard. Things start to revert to normal. Is Asgard back? Oh, now I, I it probably just needs repair. Is it one of those things that's also forged out of like <laughs> dreams? I guess. <laughs> also forged out of like well wishes. Um, James Hammer returns, but shatters, leaving a moving, living piece within her. Old and young Thor chill and talk about grabbing craft beers. <laughs> and Loki realizes with his dad dead, he is the king of Jotunheim. Across the realms, the lands and people are healed and a rainbow appears over Midgard. Odin, now free of Malekith's, of Malekith, thanks to his son. Thanks, his son. <laughs> Odin looks his boy in the eye and tells him that he doesn't deserve the title of father and that Thor can now call him a loyal subject. Confused, Thor asks what's going on, but Odin takes a knee and proclaims Thor the rightful lord of Asgard, the savior of the realms. All hail, all father Thor. The end. This is this is that ending, right? This is the ending this book was always meant to Yeah. Always meant to get to. Thor Thor finally uh procures the spot that I guess he's been like sort of working towards and then accepted he'd never get and then kind of always wants it. Yeah, because even in this and then moment kind of didn't want <laughs> Even in this moment, it's not him that says, Well, I guess I am the all father. You know, like he right. he still resigned in his role. It's his father literally just in awe of him. his pure in of his pure awesomeness is just like, bro, you can I don't even know why I'm pretending anymore. Just you can have it. And I think um, Odin, like even Odin comments that he he that Thor did a thing he could never do, which yeah. is just like will a near into At, existence. Yeah, and be able to withstand that that whole um the mother storm. Something I needed several dwarves to make. Yes. And, and magics. And they're all dead now. I killed them all shortly after <laughs> so, <laughs> so that the blueprints can't go anywhere. Um they made such a fine feast I had to make sure they could never make such a feast for anyone ever again. This set up a bunch of different stories, but let's go with um, all, um King Thor. Mm. So King Thor is a four issue uh continuation or I guess you could say a four a issue. Four issue finale. Epilogue? Um in a sense, yes. Epilogue and finale to uh Jason Aaron's run. Uh to simplify 
basically the King Thor of the future who has been the mighty all-father to a desolate... Nobody, yes. He's just been... The king of ashes. Yes, he's just been by himself. Um, When when getting to that, was there a level of... um, Trepidation, like you're ending a very, very long run, a, a long a, a, one that I'm assuming that you enjoyed. Um, um not really trepidation, because like I, there was already so much trust built up at this point that I'm just like, this is it, and like I'm cool with it. Like I, I especially with it being a future Thor, it's like there's no way you could really hurt it. Yeah. Um, I guess more trepidation for like when a title is in one person's hands for so long and. And it gets traded over. There's always just like, well, it's under new management. There's yeah, going to be some changes. Listen, I had Tom King take over after ah. last night. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm asking this question. You know what I'm saying? I, I, it, it, be, it literally became somebody else's run. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like in reading the Scott Snyder Batman, it felt like my run. I could talk to others about the run. I knew it issue to issue. Mm-hmm. I knew the tone, the feeling of that character. Um, are you excited for uh, Don- Donny Cates' I felt, I, Thor? I, I'm going to say I felt the same way when it became Bendis' Superman. I had a thing and oh, then it wasn't mine anymore. Yeah, that hurts as that well. That thing was not Damn mine it. anymore. Damn it, DC. <laughs> you know, we, and the thing is, when we started this cast, um, let me just podcast, comic book, click, all that stuff. We were really, really high on what they were doing and how they were ramping up this whole rebirth and, and how they were going to factor in. Uh, the uh, the Doomsday Clock and all this other banana stuff. Oh, and, Doomsday Clock. And yeah, they have not, they have not given us uh anything near that. Were you satisfied with your ending of Just, King Thor? Yes, or, or, of the entire T of it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I did. I did not get into as much of the tie-ins as other people. Okay. Of the story. Yeah. Okay. There was one that. It was a lot of fun. I don't remember what it was. It wasn't Strike Force, but it was the one with the Captain America team. Okay. Because I was just like, that one's got Captain America. I'll read that. Yes. I read the one where <laughs> all the people with shrinking and growing powers went to the giant, oh the ice God. giant. So it's like it's like Bill Foster, right. um, Scott Lang. Uh, I want to say maybe uh, regular Ant Man, but yeah, like that. Just of mice and giants. Yes, that was that was pretty funny. Um, I I enjoyed. The, the Captain America one because I it, it it hit me out of nowhere it gave me this like really sad like side story of of Spider Man and this helmet okay so like they're gonna go to Jotunheim so they they all go to get these enchanted weapons right yes I think it's I think it's Captain America uh might be Daredevil somebody else and and Spider Man Wolverine's there yeah Logan. So they all go. They all pick up these enchanted weapons because they have to go to Jotunheim to fight freaking God, you know, ice gods or whatever. Yeah. And by the time Spider Man gets to it, like, there's no weapons left for him. Uh, there is just this helmet. Wow. Okay. That that actually adds a lot more context to that because it's just like at one point he's like, "All I have is the shield." What kind of idiot goes into battle with the shield? And he looks at Cap. He's like, "Oh yeah. Uh, don't worry about it. Never mind." <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I didn't think uh, that through. I, I didn't even say anything. Don't even worry uh, about it. So all he has is this helmet, and like Wolverine is just clowning him over this freaking helmet because that's all Peter Parker gets. Because Wolverine, Wolverine just likes to torture Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah. As it goes on, you find out that this helmet allows him to speak with the animals. Oh wow! Okay, that's pretty cool. So I think 
So he I, starts to Doctor Doolittle the whole time. Sort of, yeah. And I think he gets this Pegasus that he gets to speak to. Oh no, because <laughs> those are struck out of the sky. <laughs> right. I think I think it's a Pegasus. Like it's been a long time since I looked at it, but I think he gets this Pegasus he gets to speak to, and then him and this Pegasus go on that adventure, and they kind of bond, and they do all the things, and then the Pegasus dies at the end of the story, oh, and Spider Man yeah, is just all like dead at the end of the story. No. Yeah. Damn. That's some harsh. So, like, you ended with this really, like, touching and sad Spider-Man story because he had connected with this Pegasus that he got to speak to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that there was a, a Venom um, tie-in mm-hmm. in which they imbued him with some Asgardian magic and he just, like, flips out. I guess because the symbiotes are as old and as powerful right. as this Asgardian magic. So, he found himself... He was a great soldier... Against Malekith's army, mm-hmm. but he couldn't. He was untethered. Right. He wanted like to full on eat people and stuff like that. <laughs> so it was getting I crazy. Can smell the cosmos. There was that, and then there was the whole thing of Punisher having to ferry some evacuees through a tunnel mm-hmm. and deal with some people. So that was pretty cool watching Punisher do that. Speaking of Punisher, he ends this. I guess he was really good at doing what he was doing in this war because they come out with a title called Punisher Kill Crew, in which he's tasked on. I guess, waste management of all the... You gotta just deal with the stragglers. Yes, everyone, all the other people who have remained on Midgard from the various realms, he's going to then kill. And mm-hmm. But there's children involved? Um, I'm not sure. I didn't read it. <laughs> so, so the thing is, is like, he gets, he's talking to somebody. I, uh, it sucks that I can't remember who it is. But the person's like, yeah, these people wanted to talk to you or whatever and he opens up the back of a van and it's a bunch of like children it's a bunch of like teenagers teenage mm. children and he's like they see they saw you as a monster hunter or whatever and then he says like make sure you tune into Punisher's Kill Crew so I'm like is he gonna train these little kids to uh, murder to murder people right. like what's going on here but I love how it for, for Frank it's just another war like at one point Wolverine's like alright Frank we get to relax and he's like never me like I, ne- I never relax my war is never over I'm like yeah that's you Frank that's, so- yeah. that's totally you yeah always wanna always wanna dampen things what's your did you read any of the recent Punisher stuff no is it any good uh it's pretty good there's it, it's a whole story with him and messing around with um Baron Zemo really yeah okay uh but there's just this one issue that like it goes out of its way to take a few pages and, like, um, a few cops run into him. And they're just like, well, whatever. They don't know it's him yet until he turns around. And it's just like, oh, it's Frank Castle, blah, blah, blah. Like, hey, man. Like, they want a picture with him and whatnot. Fanboying for Punisher? Yeah. And then, and then Frank sees that they have the skull on, like, their cop car or something. Uh... And Frank just flips out. He was just like, no. Like you you misinterpreted that a, a lot. That, like, is, that not... is not what you think. Yeah. Huh. And, you know, that was also something that people were questioning in actual, in real life. Oh, like, yeah. The significance of law enforcement or army people using the Punisher logo. Do they know what it's for? Do they, do they like, are they supposedly um, agreeing with his, you know, like, yeah. with his kind of, like, take no prisoners uh, attitude? It's it's a uh, it's a lot of confusing stuff. So the, I guess the writer, especially when you sort of even miss it from the beginning, where it's just like the the idea that this person exists is a failure of that system. A hundred percent. How yeah. could you? How could if you? If cops were around, we wouldn't need a punishment. How could you wear the the? How could you bear the thing that is sewed by your failure? Yeah. 
I, but it just goes to show, like, the I, I'm assuming that the Kill Crew thing is, civ- is similar to the Magic Bullet story. Right. That I read with um him and Doctor Strange. I've heard about that. It's so, it's, that was over it was top. just one of those infinite comics, mm-hmm. so they're weird. Because when you go to the next page, it doesn't necessarily go to the next page. It goes to the next panel. Yeah. And things move in a kind of a weird way. Yeah. But, um... It's kind of like that Max Payne games. It just kind of comes up. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I guess he's down. I guess he's down to sh- sh- shoot some trolls or whatnot. <laughs> the person who leaves this probably the best um, than when they got in was is Jane Foster. Yes. Um, in, in the Omega for this, uh, War of the Realms Omega, we see that... The Warhammer has become this living, almost liquid kind mm-hmm. of thing on her wrist. And I think she says that she can make it into whatever, yes, whatever she, she needs, needs to at the time, which it's going to be quite dangerous. Um, and you see her looking over all of the slain Valkyrie um, and eventually Brunhild's ghost is totally like, yo, you want to do this? Like, are you down? Like, you could totally do this. Just take the oath uh, and choose Plus, to serve. Plus, like, you know, we, we, we need lead to Valhalla in this... Nobody left. That's the biggest thing. There's no fair farrier uh, to you the land of the fairy dead. Fairy woman, fairy man, fairy man, fairy woman. Uh, to to ghosts from the land of the dead. Yeah. Um, and so they totally need her for that. And so that starts her own grand adventures of Jane Foster Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. Um, have you gotten into that? Any any interest? Um, a little bit. I was on and I was off because I think I missed the issue or two. But I'm like, I'm trying to find my way back. Yeah. Um, what's going on with Thor now? Um, now. <laughs> Now Thor is a uh, temporary herald of Galactus. I've seen this. Is this King Thor? No, this is the new Thor Danny by Donny Cates. Cates. Donny Cates Thor. He really likes to connect all those outside elements. Yeah, I you guess know, he's so. the one I don't who... think I've ever read a Donny Cates book. I read his run on Venom. Okay. Um, I, I'm not. I'm obviously not current. I'm is probably, that the Null stuff? Yeah, I'm probably about 10 issues away from being current. I think uh, Null will probably come up here because I think he really likes his Null. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Null. Um, and Null is like a weird, like, Null is like the first symbiote ever. Right. And so you deal with what happens when, like, Dracula, the first vampire, comes and takes out all the other Dracula, whatever the heck. Um, when Dracula fights all the other Draculas, you know? <laughs> but Is it, is it Mick? Uh, Mick Rory? Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally, yeah. <laughs> I get that. I, I totally got that. Um. Now, I think it would be the best time to talk about your uh, unique feelings towards Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> As a fan of of Thor, Thor the Dark World, oh, um, a lot of people had said that that was probably not the, their least favorite Marvel movie at the time. Mm-hmm. They've given us some other clunkers since then. But, <laughs> but uh, at the time, a lot of people herald that movie as one of the weaker ones of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. Um, in realizing that they had to, I guess, then change step, uh, they made Thor Ragnarok a, a way a stark difference from Thor 1 or Thor The Dark World, and we got a bit more of a comedic tone with it, uh, something that people have affectionately called, or in, unaffectionately called, uh, Saturday Night Live vibe right. uh, to the comic. I mean, to the story. So two questions. One, do you still feel that way about Thor Ragnarok, given, I guess, it's been close to two years at this point? And second, do you think there is a way to tell a story of this scale, given that tone moving forward? Or do you think there's a way to marry the tones that we have currently in Thor's cinematic universe to get us here? Because I think here should be the eventual endgame to any Thor 
director or or you know like this is what you want to tackle you want to tackle a story with meat in it yes um is it possible can we get there uh okay so question one i guess i i, I walked out of ragnarok initially basically with conflict because i would be lying if i didn't tell you if i told you that i didn't laugh throughout the entire thing yes it was very funny and i thus was entertained even if it was essentially to me at the uh at the cost? At at the at the cost or at the <clears throat> Yeah, at the uh expense of the characterization of Thor that I enjoyed, which okay. was badass Viking warrior dude bro. Yeah. Um and now he just turned into a different kind of bro, which is whatever, fine. Um I I still feel the way I feel about it, but like I've accepted that this is the direction we're going mm-hmm. and I understand that where they were with Thor, not only did it not go very well, but that um, even Hemsworth wasn't happy with what he was doing. Yeah. So it was like, I get it, fine, make everybody happy. Yeah, I mean, we my my uh, opinions on Man of Steel have been said on this podcast many a time. Yes. And I feel, I, I'm trying to relate to you in that sense. Okay. Of like... Don't mess my guy up because you don't get him. Right. You understand? And we had to take kind of a knee on some of Superman's bigger characteristics so that people could get him. Right. And I think that that ultimately cheapens the character. Do you feel that that cheapens or there's still enough of the of the um, Shakespearean aspect, the old North mythology, to keep you around? Like, can Thor, Love, and Thunder turn around and become something like this? I think it can. Um... Uh... But a lot of it has to be about the direction you go in and and almost literally about what kind of direction he has because um, you take Infinity War, which is not Matiti, but the Russos, but there's still a bit of it there. Yeah. The Russos have the way they wrote Thor without completely stripping away what he had become in Ragnarok. And it's probably the best version of him. I agree. I think that that yeah. So he's a little quippy, but he's still like he's dealt with a, a level of seriousness. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a bit more silliness when he goes back to Taika Waititi because that's going to be the thing they do. Yeah. Um. Uh. Endgame handles him a little wonkier, but like he still plays both sides very well. Yeah. So I guess it depends on who runs it. I think. The Russo brothers' handling of Thor shows me that you can play both sides a lot more evenly. Yeah, especially, it doesn't have to be all one or all the other. Yeah, especially now that he is like essentially in a better place. Okay, as a character, I think I'd agree that my favorite Thor would probably be Infinity War Thor. Right, because I get the jokes that I like, but I also get the level of seriousness and gravitas. Yes, of somebody who's lived a thousand years. Right. Um. Any chance we see Malekith again in the Marvel Cinematic? No. <laughs> No. Absolutely not. They're not, not. Going, they're not going back to that well. Got... I know he was crushed by a by a building or something. Right? I one of his so, ships. Yeah, one of his ships. One of his ships crushed. Him? I think Malakith's gone. Is, is gone away. Yeah, and Surtur's now destroyed. Oh no, Surtur's li- no, lives. No, Surtur. Yeah, Surtur destroyed, destroyed Asgard. He destroyed he Asgard. Just... Yeah, you're right. When we get back to them, uh, Valkyrie will be K- queen of the Asgardians that are yes. in Scotland. I think yeah, oh, that's um, right. They are in, I think they are, but like, 
where they are is where um the Red Skull first came across the Yggdrasil tree where he got the in first Avenger. Yes. Yeah. Which I thought was a nice little callback, even though it was real subtle and nobody talked about it. Do we get um? Well, we know we're getting Jane Foster, Thor. Is Jane? That's going to be an interesting play. Two questions: Is Jane Foster, in your opinion, do you think that Jane Foster is going to be a Jane Foster from this Earth? Like, are we still working with our Jane Foster? And the second question is: Regardless of whether or not we are, does that Jane Foster have cancer? Are they going to go the full? I don't think they go the cancer route. I do think it will still be the Natalie Portman from this Earth. Okay. Remembering that time that that random raccoon came up and injected her with some shit. <laughs> Is that, is that what's gonna I mean, someone's gonna have to answer to that, right? Someone's gonna have Something to, pricked me. Yes, yeah, so some, someone's gonna have to answer to that. Answer for that, I, or I should say. Right. Um. But yes. I. 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 I'm very. I'm very interested to see how they. Because like, maybe I'm missing something. I think this is a really different role for Natalie Portman. Yeah. In, in comparison to what she's played in the MCU, considering that she's going to be the Mighty Thor, or even her own career. Oh well, yeah. That. 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 That's it as well. This is. I don't think she's been shown in many lights to be a, a solo action hero. Right, like, like you, you've got to wave that hammer around and be like mighty and and, and badass. It's just like that's gonna be interesting to play, especially with like even Jennifer Garner had that movie with the guns where she's like shooting around and stuff like that. Oh, she everyone, did, didn't she? Yeah, man. Everyone's trying to, everyone's trying to buck the system. All right. Ever since they saw Liam Neeson and Taken, they're like, oh, okay, so anyone could just. <laughs> You know, we got to up some people's games here. This summer, actor has gun. That's it. Uh, Although, Girls With Guns is its own, like, trope. Yes. Yes, it is. I know it's that. basically a genre. What was your favorite part of this crossover? Um, uh, A crossover event? Yeah, I guess you could say yeah. that. Um, Probably the those last two issues. Like, I, I really love that whole... Um, Final moment between not final moment, but like the, that moment where Odin and Freya get to fight together. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like they finally rekindle some sort of connection they've had after years of just being stupid and cold to one another. I also think that if you've been reading this run, there's something incredibly rewarding about Odin's taking that knee. Yes, because he and Thor went at it every second of yes. every day in this run. Uh, and, and, and Odin just goes out of his way to be confrontational with everything. Yeah. Um, and they even go, there's a point I think where he's able, where he, doesn't he hug all three of them? Yes. Yeah, right? I'm, like, I'm, I'm, very, I'm so proud of my son. He's like, I've never done this. <laughs> so like, I haven't done this in hundreds of years, but I would love to hug all my sons. Um, I also liked in Omega, the, you know, the, the epilogue. I kind of like story. that he, they don't pluralize it. Like, he just says, I'm proud of my son and holds all three of them. Yeah. Uh, I like, did you see the, the end of Malekith, what he's doing? Yes. Uh, so they I... have him in hell. Um, and he's like tied to the something making, making him watch like himself as a child, as a happy kid and free with puppies. and peace. <laughs> playing with puppies. Yeah. So first, they show him as a child. They show Malekith himself as a child. And they're like, this is what you're here to do. This is going to be your torture for life on end. Mm-hmm. And he, the, the, um, it looks like what they're going to do is they're going to sick the hellhounds on this child yes. over and over again. And he's just meant to see himself ripped apart over and over again. But instead, in a additional layer of cruelty, 
they are showing Madokin what would have happened if he, he was not brought to war and the war was not brought to his home as it was. And it's just him in a field playing with puppies. Yes. And that's his hell. They have his eyes pried open so he can watch himself play with puppies. Yes. And I was just like, there's like a level of darkness here that I did not realize <laughs> was here. And it's like, it's like Hella and I think Enchantress. Like there's a bunch of people. They like got together to come up with this, this uh, yes. punishment. You know, like, they're like, what? How can we really screw with this guy? And that that was it. And I was just like, that's fitting. Like, Just show him happiness. Happiness and peace. Yeah. Because um, th- that was really affecting his his backstory, um, which I think was also in the prelude yes, to this, of, like, his mother selling him. Yeah. Like, for, like, Sells scraps. Sells slavery and, like... And then he comes back and feeds her to her dogs. <laughs> It's a whole thing, man. And when you see that those levels, and you see Malekith covered in blood with one dagger in his hand, I'm like, who is this man? And when you when they point at Thor: The Dark World, I'm like, that's not him. <laughs> and maybe that's his cousin, but that's not him in this. Um, Looks nothing like him. Oh my god, so good with oh, the so red good. and blue and the weird color scheme with the sun. He's supposed to have that like sun thing. Is that a burn on his face too? I. Th- Think it is the accursed. I do yeah. like the accursed. I like and then the war messiah. Like they'll come up with some badass names for these people. <laughs> I was like, I dig all of that. Um, yeah, but I think that was that is the end of our review. Yes. You got anything else to say about the War of the Realms? Um, yeah, like way to really way to pay off. Like what? Not it's not ten years, is it? Eight. I want to say eight years of. Of a story, like especially one that you uh, planted from the beginning, right? And didn't know. I don't know if he, when he started, knew he was going to get this event, right? You know, and that's like, do you know if you point. make it that far? Do you know that they'll give it to you on this scale? Comics are have a weird level of integrity to them, where you're supposed to just do your best, regardless of if anyone's reading or not. Mm-hmm. You know, you're supposed to just hope that that readers find good work. Right. And that then publishers hear good work and editors are, you know, uh, are privy to good work and then people get pushed. But it don't, it starts with a groundswell of people going, oh, have you read Thor recently? Or right. what What I got with like, have you read Immortal Hulk? Like people haven't talked about Hulk in years and all right. of a sudden people are talking about him. So I'm I'm proud of the run. Like I, I look back at it and it reads through. It's like a long series. Like yeah. if just somebody, one person made a, a, a Thor show, you know, <laughs> like it, 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 there's a level of affection there. There's a level of, of lived inness because mm-hmm. he knows all the characters that have been writing all these characters for so long. So when you get toward the realms, there's a level of familiarity right. that if you haven't read, maybe just brushes off your shoulders. But if you have read, it's like, we all know each other. Like we, all, we've been doing this. <laughs> we all know each other. We all know what, we, what each other's been through. So now let's just get to the nitty gritty and let's mm-hmm. end this. That's why when Malekith was like, let's just end this how it's all we're supposed to end. I was like, all right, let's, I let's remember from it. the beginning, from the beginning, we we're getting ready for this. And it's also interesting too, when you like, you always have two different approaches to a book, which is like, you can, you can be the guy who comes onto a book and just ask yourself, okay, well, what would I do with this? So you could be the person who's just like, okay, where's this book been? Yeah. And, and where can I take it? Yeah. How do I maintain Without forgetting the status quo? where it's been. Yeah. How do I maintain the status quo? So many stories, well, uh, you get a new writer, and the first thing that they do is do a time travel story, so they don't have to have any kind of repercussions right. to what's going on, 
you know, they, Captain America. Then they come back, then they're off world. They Captain America do does that nearly world. immediately after uh, Secret Empire. Yeah, because that's the easiest way to just tread some water. Do that, or like I remember an adventure a couple of years ago. Bloop, 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 and then that's a four well, issue you get arc. Sent to the future. Yes, and that's a four issue arc and uh, bananas. So. Congratulations, Jason Aaron. Congratulations to Thor fans for getting this War of the Realms uh, story. It, I loved it. I These are the stories that have the level of metal that Ragnarok purports to want to show. Yeah. You know? It's going to be a really, really big omnibus one day. Yes. And I think it's worth it. You know, like I said, 100%. Same thing with the Scott Snyder Batman. It's cool to see somebody let their mind wrap around the character and, you know, it becomes in this cocoon and then when the butterfly comes out, it's that writer's version of that hero mm-hmm. and that eventual, where his eventual end or yeah. where he decides to end up is. And that's different from any given writer, but I don't know anyone besides probably, like I said again, Jack Kirby, Walt Simonson from the past that's had Thor this long. Uh, This long, no. Like, the only other person I think people really attach to Thor other than Walt Simonson. Like, you can, you can attach the entire... Um, uh, how do you say the entire upper pantheon to Kirby and Lee? So that's almost like an unbecoming thing to say. Yeah, yeah. But like, as far as people who were able to take it beyond the two guys writing all the books, right? Like there was Walt Simonson's Thor, and then maybe J. Michael Straczynski's Thor, because there's a there is a. Uh, a memory of that Broxton, Oklahoma story yeah. where Thor died and everything was brought back and yeah. he was stuck in Oklahoma and it was kind of funky. Yeah. And Thor was a woman. Yeah. And Thor, <laughs> Not was, a Thor, excuse and Thor me. was a robot Loki for a little bit. Loki was a bit. woman. Thor was a robot for a little bit. It's a whole thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, real weird. Other than that, no. But like, this is this is that sort of, um, I guess you could say rare accomplishment where you get to like, like just plop this thing on a table and just say like this is Jason Aaron's Thor and it is something else. Yeah, yeah. You know, it is Jason Aaron's Thor. It, it is Jason Aaron's Thor. It is Scott Snyder's Batman. That's it. It is Dave Inglehart's Captain America. Yep. Or or even um, what's his name? Ed Brubaker's Captain America. And I think that that's definitely a point that you want to reach in your career. Uh, yeah. To have like you said a seminal work for a character. And J- like I said, Jason Aaron. It's like, what do you want to read? You want to read Jason Aaron's Thor. Yeah. From I, here to here. Yeah, and that's what it is. When you talk to other comic fans and you say, like, um, I want to read so-and-so. People divvy the up, the runs up like that. Yeah. They'll say, you know, Fantastic. read this Here's Winter Thor. Soldier. Bang. Yes, read Brubaker's run. You understand? Just stick um, through that. Yeah. And you so, might skip Bucky. I don't know. <laughs> I'll say, if you want something long and serial, serialized, if you want to follow like literally grassroots stories to the point where they become these cornfields that you get lost in, <laughs> uh, Jason Aaron's Thor is the way to go. Mighty Thor 2. We got Love and Thunder around the corner. People are going to start doing their homework for the first time on some of these characters. We'll revisit Mighty Thor when we get closer yes. uh, to that. Uh, I can't wait to reread some of that stuff and, and bring some more information to the table. But as far as War of the Realms is concerned, I really dug what they did there. Uh, it looks like they have lasting effects to the future. And um, yeah, man, just gives Thor, puts Thor on a, on a pedestal that he deserves to be put on. When so many people did not know what to do with this character, somebody stood up and said, let me try something. And, mm. that's, and that's, where, that's how you get stories like this. Someone who apparently, to, to his own credit, to his own words, like didn't have the biggest affection for the Thor character. But once he got into it, he was just like, he figured it out. 
And not only that, it's your home now. Yeah. So might as well, right? Screw it. Might as well get comfortable. Yeah. Uh, and you sometimes guys... that happens too in in its own weird way. Like the best guy on a book is is someone who wasn't like intrinsically connected to that character. The Eric Bischoff of it all. Like, yeah. You're not. You were not made for this. But because you're not made for this, you're gonna see it in a different way. Yeah. You can, and possibly see it in the way that and just needs like to maybe be seen. being on the outside is the is the thing that thing needed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we, I think we call that the, uh, Ryan Johnson approach, (laughs) but you guys can listen to all. I like The Last Jedi, you jerk. I'm just saying he had, he gave a good point of view because he was outside of it. Um, but anyway, you know who who was never outside of it? We're never outside of it. We're always in it, in the thick of it. Can't see the forest through the trees. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we do this podcast every single Wednesday. So I want to go ahead and thank you right now for listening to this episode of the Major Issues Podcast. The What's official podcast of comicbookclick.com. Next week, it's actually up for grabs. We, we're coming down to the topic because I was going to do Red Sun next week. But Red Sun, it just get, its release date was it got delayed. delayed to March. Ah. Yeah. And, and we're about to bust open our Harley Quinn you know, content soon, getting ready for Birds of Prey. But I haven't decided if I want to start that a week early yet. Uh, but what's more important is the polls are officially closed. We have all the winners of the Comic Book Click Awards. Nice. And so we'll be filming that soon and coming out with that on YouTube. But if you want to know what's coming next as far as the Major Issues Podcast or Comic Book Click is concerned, there's literally only one place to check. And that's ComicBookClick.com, the official home of the Major Issues Podcast. So go to ComicBookClick.com and you can see our entire library of episodes, over 105 uh, hours of content, over 205 hours of content. So much talking about the latest and greatest to come to television, comics, uh, casting news, trailers, uh, movies, reviews, TV reviews, uh, Elseworlds, other worlds, uh, Wayne's World. We do it all as ah! part of the Major Issues podcast. Um, Not worthy. Yes. And if you guys want to reach us, First, like I said, if you go to comicbookclick.com, you can literally contact us right from there. Uh, send us an email. But you can reach us at facebook.com slash comicbookclick, Instagram at comicbookclick, or use the hashtag comicbookclick to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Um, all, like I said, again, all the updates, all the things that we're doing as part of the comic book click will all be a part of comicbookclick.com. We have a new article up there talking about five things you might have missed in Birds of Prey. And like I said, our entire library there are back catalog so go through find some hidden gems um and get ready for next week where guess what no one knows what's gonna happen <laughs> so, that's the great part about this we have a new world a new hammer has been forged and we do not know which path it will take us on yet but we know that we will be going somewhere soon but uh yeah uh you can also reach us at twitter on our twitter machines at major issues cbc uh i am at rebirth gt and we stay posting the latest and greatest, all the fun stuff that we do here as part of the Major Issues Podcast. But my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I am Gregory Thomas, a.k.a. GT Rebirth. And this has been the War of the Realms. Should I do it? This has been the War of the Realms. <laughs> and whether or not you're from Alfheim, <laughs> Asgard, Vanaheim, Jotunheim, Midgard, Nidavellir, Svartalfheim. Svartalheim. <laughs> Nivelheim, Muselheim, Heaven, whether you're worthy, unworthy, whether you're willing the hammer or an axe, whether you got one or two eyes on the world tree, on the sun, remember that we're proud of you. Remember <laughs> that you're the click, and remember that you, yes, you, 
are worthy. <laughs>